Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Global Reinsurance and Insurance Download, or GRID for short, a podcast series powered by Eames Partnership. In today's podcast, we're going to be celebrating LGBT History Month, which for those of you who don't know, runs in February each year. This year, the theme is The Ark is Long, which is taken from a Martin Luther King Jr. speech from 1968, in which he said, The Ark of the Moral Universe is long, but it bends towards justice, reminding us that change, while it may take a long time, will happen. Exploring the meaning behind that quote and where the reinsurance and insurance industry is today in its journey towards true inclusion for the LGBT community is LCP partner Kat Drummond. Thank you so much for being with us, Kat. So as well as being the founder of the LCP's LGBT Plus Network, Kat sits on the Senior Advisory Board to Link, the insurance industry's LGBTQ Plus Network, and is a mental health first aider. Perhaps you could just add a little bit more about yourself and your career so far? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Kat Drummond. Um, I'm a partner in LCP's insurance consulting practice, and my day job is around helping my clients understand and manage their risks better. Um, So I work with a wide range of insurers and reinsurers across personal and commercial lines, both uh, within and outside of the Lloyds market. Um, I'm also the appointed actuary for an insurer out in Australia um, as well. Um, And in addition to that, I'm the co-founder of LCP's LGBT Plus Network. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about all things DNI. I'm also on the senior advisory board for LINK, which is the insurance industry's LGBTQ Plus Network. Uh, In addition to that, I'm also a mental health first aider, which was an initiative that we've been running at LCP for a number of years now. Um, I'm really proud to uh, be taking part in that initiative and be able to to help um, uh, people across uh, LCP and also across um, the wider world. That's great. Thank you, Kat. So let's start with what does the arc is long mean to you? And, And do you think it's a positive or a negative thing? It's a good question. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. I think it's kind of a fact of life that, you know, change can take a long time, but that it does happen eventually. And I think it's always, I guess, important to bear this kind of thing in mind, particularly when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Like, you know, when we're trying to affect change and it's taking a long time, remembering that it will ultimately happen um, and it just takes commitment and patience and bringing people on on that journey um, is it's just a helpful reminder to have that faith that we will get there eventually. Great. Thank you. And can you think of examples for us where employers have implemented positive practices to promote the inclusion of LGBTQ plus people at work? Yeah, absolutely. So I think even just the establishment of a network can help. And this is one of um, the first of many steps that we've taken LCP to promote um, support and inclusion of LGBTQ plus people across our firm. So we founded our network in June 2018 um, with the objectives of creating a safe space for LGBTQ plus individuals, also to educate people on the issues and challenges facing LGBTQ plus people in society. Um, and since then, the network has been really busy with a number of objectives, um, which have included um, taking part in benchmarking to understand where we can improve as a firm, um, raising awareness on in, in issues and challenges um, across the firm, uh, raising money for LGBTQ plus charities, uh, organising socials, <laughs> holding um, uh, external networking events for clients. So there's a, a long list of, of things that we've been up to uh, since 2018. And we've also just um, relatively recently completed a review of all our people policies um, to make sure that they're fully inclusive, um, which was a, another positive step for us. And are there any examples of unhelpful practices that employers are perhaps doing, maybe unaware of their impact? 
I think that's that's a really good question. I think it's all about being genuine. And I think, you know, some firms might have jumped on the diversity bandwagon. Um, and whilst they might have the right sort of rhetoric on their websites and in their mission statements, um, they perhaps don't have the actual culture, behaviours or initiatives to actually back this up. And the thing is, people do see through this really quickly and it can do more harm than good if your people feel like dni is that tick box um or you know a series of headline grabbing statements rather than something that's really sincere and born out of practice um, and once you're in that place it's a very difficult place to then get out of um, and it's important also to remember on that that it doesn't just affect your existing workforce you know active involvement and a positive culture of dni is being demanded by prospective employees as well so not only can it impact your retention but it can also impact your ability to recruit as well that's great. Thank you. So um, many heteronormative colleagues of mine, and, and I've certainly had this fear in the past too, are, are worried about saying the wrong thing and being unintentionally offensive. How big an issue do you think this is in our industry and how do we get past it? I mean, the first thing I would say on that is it's not just a heteronormative um, feature of feature for, for, for colleagues. Um, I'm still learning all the time. Um, and I also have a fear of saying the wrong thing all the time as well. Um, I think there are a few things that we found can really help with this. I think the first one is creating a safe space for everyone. That's really important. So, for example, a key focus of our DNI initiatives um, has been to create that safe space for everyone, regardless of, of the diversity characteristics, so that you can be yourself and you can reach your full potential, and that that safe space extends to anyone who might want to learn about any aspect of DNI. Um, so that they can sort of actively support others going forwards. So an example of this, um, which we've seen work really well, is we've set up um, a reverse mentoring programme where people can share their lived experiences with others to help them learn about what it's like to be them and what challenges uh, certain groups of people face. Um, now, they're typically very small group sessions, so perhaps two or three people in them. It's a friendly and informal environment and no question is a silly question. And it's absolutely the aim for people to sort of ask their burning questions um, to help them learn, but in, in that sort of safe space. Um, a second area that I, I thought about there um, in terms of um, uh, things to think about is, you know, we also run network get togethers and training sessions to focus on the current issues to get that discussion going. So we've got a really um, active uh, community on our internal intranet um, where we've got regular posts um, to get to get, as I say, that discussion going. And we've also had things like training from global, global butterflies to better understand challenges faced by trans and non-binary people. Um, which was, again, very, very helpful. Um, and I think the other area that we've seen has been helpful in terms of on the learning, uh, the learning point is, you know, we've produced um, what we call bite-sized videos. And basically, you can tune in in your own time whenever it suits you to learn more. So we've done little videos that are sort of between two and five minutes long to help people understand more about things like colorism or microaggressions or sort of feminism or understanding LGBTQ plus terminology. Um, and again, that's had really good engagement um, and, and can help people sort of understand better. That's great. And I think what resonates with me about what you've just said there is that this is all something that you're still learning about. And I think if everyone's got that kind of mindset that we're all listening, we're all learning and we have some empathy for one another, it's like we're all kind of working our way through and, and taking on those learnings together. That's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, one of my biggest personal learnings over the last year was that LGBTQ plus people often don't have just one coming out story. They have many, all with different lead ups and different experiences and, and different fallouts. I wonder, would you be comfortable just sharing with us some of yours? 
I'm actually really lucky in that I have a really underwhelming coming out story. Um, so I came out to my friends and family when I was around 20 um, and I've always been very supported by them. Um, and in terms of work, I uh, came out to LCP in my first week of joining back in 2005 and I've never worked anywhere else. So again, I've had nothing but support from, from all those I work with. But, you know, I am really aware that others have very different experiences in terms of reactions from friends and family and colleagues um, and that they, as you as you mentioned, sort of have to come out again and again and, and sort of go through that experience. And so I do really appreciate how lucky I am um, and actually, you know, almost pleased that I, my coming out story is, is, is really nothing to write home about in, in the sense of uh, <laughs> being any dramas there. Oh, that's great. And, you know, granted, obviously, you've been at LCP for a while now. So so that's you know, going back to 2005. I mean, what do you think the experience is for people who have come into workplaces and, and had that coming out experience over the last 10 years, say? I think they have. I think it probably depends on the workplace and the culture. And I think this is true of sort of anywhere. Um, but, you know, certainly... We have uh, people joining us now from other companies across the market and they know how um, sort of inclusive LCP has always been and, and that actually there's no assumptions around pronouns when it comes to talking about partners and, and people feel very comfortable in being themselves and that that actually hasn't been the case at, at other places, um, even sort of to, to the current day. I think there's certainly more to do and I think we're all learning um, there's going to be a sort of natural evolution as people move around and, and teams move around that, that actually that um, that thinking will organically move out into the market. But I actually also think that there's a lot more to be done in terms of setting that culture um, to make sure that it, um, you know, if, if there are any issues that they are sorted out as soon as possible. OK. And finally, what one change can employers make today to promote better inclusion in their workforces? So that's a good one. And um, I think I understand that it can all be a little bit overwhelming and difficult to know where to start. Um, I think the first thing I'd say is don't be afraid to make a first step, even if it's a small one, and then just follow that with another one. So there's not going to be a silver bullet. There's not going to be a perfect answer as to how to do D&I right. And it almost doesn't matter what your first step is. Just pick something and do it. Um, and of course, for those employers who are far ahead on their journey, I'd say pick something new um, and keep doing it and keep up that momentum. I think there are perhaps some obvious easy wins that um, I can flag sort of particularly in the HR space. So, you know, for example, going through your policies and communications and making sure that they're gender neutral, you know, embrace the word they as a gender neutral singular word and just roll it out into to everything that you're, you're writing. Um, make sure that your policies are inclusive and don't make assumptions about things like partners um, and make it clear that sort of bullying and harassment policies are, are, you know, that they are really explicit in terms of what that looks like in the context of things like homophobia and transphobia and racism, sort of ableism, or, you know, lots of different areas and examples there. And then the other thing that I think um, just is, is really important throughout the piece, regardless of where you are on your DNI journey, is to get feedback um, from your teams, from your employees. So ask them how we can be more inclusive, you know, what are their experiences actually on the ground, sort of in the workplace, and don't make assumptions about what might be best for them, actually ask them directly and continue to get that feedback. Because, you know, workforces change, culture changes, people change. And so what was good 10 years ago, may need to change now and may need to change again in sort of three years time. 
Oh, what a great note to end on. Well, look, that's all the time we have today, unfortunately. My thanks to Kat for a really interesting discussion. Thank you so much for your candor today. Uh, And to you all at home for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do send any feedback to us and we look forward to seeing you soon. Mm -hmm.